Hello, my name is Hugo Prévost. Welcome to SVGA, your PC retro gaming podcast. With me today, as always, is Robert Hills. Hello, Robert. Hello, Hugo. How are you today? I'm fine, and you? Uh, you know, getting by. Uh, before we begin, I'd like to point out that it's not only our 10th episode uh, on, for the show, but also the 100 podcast episode released on pf.ca. So uh, congratulations, everyone. Uh, yeah, thank mostly, you. mostly congratulations yeah. to you, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a it's a way to, to view to view things, of course. Uh, yeah, thank you to everyone who worked on these shows, uh, be it entretien journalistique, rambominage, or this one, so SVGA. Thank you to the guests also, and a very special thank you to you, our public. So uh, today we tackled what could be one of the. Um, I've, I've written down uh, the intros I do uh, every time we record an episode. I, I wrote, I wrote, sorry. One of the most known PC game of the early nineties, and I think it's I think it's fair to call it that, don't you think? Uh yeah, I I I think so. I think um I mean we're we're doing Mist this week, um, yes. which if you've read the episode title, you probably know by now. But um yeah, I'd say Mist is probably one of the the most well known games of the nineties just because it it uh it has an appeal beyond just like a shooter or a platformer. It's it's much different. Uh, yeah, and we'll have we'll be able to, of course, to discuss uh, because I think there's the nostalgia factor once again, and oh, yes. there's this uh, the test of reality. Maybe we could call it like that uh, because, of course, we both play the game, and uh, I have to admit, first of all, that I couldn't finish it. <laughs> I was just too too frustrated, and I, uh, not only did I need uh, a walkthrough to. Uh, to get nearly to the end, but I, I went, I went to a point uh, near the end of the game when I was just like, okay, no, that I'm done. It, it's too, it's too much. Uh, it's too uh, maybe clunky. Uh, we, we, we'll get to this. Um, for we move on, it's a game missed, like you said, ni- from 1993. So this uh, uh, is Oh my god! Yeah, ninety three on Mac. Uh, one of the few games that came out on Mac first at the time. Oh, okay. And uh, nineteen ninety four on PC. To the one year later, or maybe a few months later, at least on PC. Uh, developed and published by uh, Cyan, which uh, studio that still exists today, mostly to sell missed copies. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but still, there's still there's still out there. I mean, that's uh, you usually don't see many game studios from the, that period still alive today, no. still producing, still They've, at least selling stuff. They've either gone out of business or been swallowed up by someone much bigger. Yeah, something like EA or... <laughs> they've been I mean, bought to, by to EA. To name EA one, just out of the air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Mist 1993. Um, a, a mix of adventure and putting-click game? Maybe that's the, the right way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, it's... It's an interesting one because it's it's theoretically three dimensional, even though it's kind of you don't you don't move around freely in the world. You kind of point and click and you move from space to space. But in that way, it kind of works within the limited technology, I guess, that was available. Like I don't think a world that, frankly, still looks kind of good. Yes, it's not great, but it, it's actually like visually appealing and you know very familiar. And they basically render it and and. I imagine just essentially freeze frame it 
and then you get a bunch of these things, but you get this world that kind of, you know, it, it's, it doesn't look terrible even, you know, almost 20 years later, which is interesting, but it, 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 the, the, there's a lot of point and click to it, but it's also an adventure where you're just kind of dropped into this world with very little idea what's going on or what you're doing. Exactly. And I think we both played the uh, Masterpiece edition of the game. Yes. Yeah. Which is, uh, as the uh, as Science says, the uh, studio says on his web, on its webpage, because they sell, uh, I guess, three, three editions now. So you have the VR one, if you have an Oculus uh, Rift. Uh, which I do not. Oculus, uh, which I don't, <laughs> don't either. Uh, but I mean, we both have glasses, so it's uh, yeah. one already one strike against us <laughs> if you want to play some VR. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a VR version. There's this... Uh, Masterpiece Edition, which we played, which is the, uh, as they said, the most, uh, it's exactly as you remember it from back in 93. So it's basically the same game, just ported to modern systems. And there's this uh, Real Mist, uh, Real Mist Coma Masterpiece Edition. Uh, Or is it Coma? Anyway, Real Mist Masterpiece Edition, uh, which has... I think is the uh, another sector era bonus, some some kind of bonus content, uh, which we didn't get in this uh, this playthrough. But still, it's the we played it as it was uh, in the early nineties. Um, what I wanted to talk about first is uh, maybe I could try to. Uh, talk about the story a bit, talk about what, what's happening exactly, because as you said it, we get on this. Uh, I, I mean, I think everyone in who's listening right now, I mean, I hope so, remembers or at least knows about this island, this uh, aerial shot of this island, which was on the box of the game yeah. with a spaceship, with a sunk uh, ship with a bunch of buildings and uh, some trees. And so basically there's, there's this island called Mist where you end up at the beginning of, of the game and you don't know anything. I mean, there's, there's this intro sequence where someone talks about books, someone talks about uh, moving from place to place, but it's basically this. You don't really know what's happening. You get there on this pier and there's the ocean sound in your ears, and you're already. I think it's in a. I think it was part of the appeal of the game of, at the time is that it's not as they did with other adventure game of the, that era. For example, King's Quest, where you have this long intro sequence where usually you get to know who you play as, and you, there's just all these characters talking, explaining the, the plot, and now you're just there. And that's it. Yeah. And you're dropped in this kind of world that is essentially original. Like it, it exists nowhere, but in this particular universe. And um, you, I mean, I think everyone can really picture that first, you know, you, you drop in and you're on that pier and you can see the little switches ahead of you. Yeah. And I remember when I first played it, just walking around and never, I don't know that I ever really got off the original island playing myself because it was, you know, 93, I was six, seven years old. So, I, you know, a bit uh, not quite, you know, able to 
understand what is going on or why. <laughs> yeah. And so basically what you have to do is, well, explore the island first. Yeah. And then you discover that there's all these what they call ages, which are basically worlds, distinct worlds that you can go, uh, you can visit by using a books. And there's this person who has, uh, I guess his name is Artus, which is, uh, and he has the power f- from his father to create these worlds by writing books. Yeah, or at least to to visit them somehow. It's not entirely clear how the book writing is either about traveling or creating. I think it's traveling mostly, but it's really, it's it's all very vague. And they, they kind of do that purposefully, I think, which yeah. sort of works, sort of doesn't. But And, and yeah, and so uh, eventually you, well, rather quickly, you pick up a note and it says, it's addressed to Catherine, who is the wife of Artus, and says, and it's from Artus, and says, Catherine, my love, you have to, Help me uh, if you uh, remember this and that. And if you want to travel from place to place, remember this and that. And if you, uh, I left a message for you someplace. And it's, you have to remember, it's the number of switches from the islands that, and really click quickly understand that you have to, well, take down notes, first of all. <laughs> you have yes. to note stuff down. And you have to, it's, it's a series of puzzles. Uh, there's a few mazes there. Oh, Robert is... Uh, yeah, I, I've got a whole notebook here of just random things, dates, times, numbers, yeah. some shapes. I, I mean, I, I do too. I have this uh, notebook. And I remember when I got the game, my parents uh, gave me the game, uh, what, 20, 25 years ago, maybe a few a few years after the game came out. And it came with this uh, this whole notebook uh, at the time where oh, you really? still had some big bucks. Yeah. Big boxes for PC games, and it had this whole notebook uh, with the cover uh, with the missed inscription, and and you had you could once again take down notes, and you need to in this game. Um, I mean, you can use your phone today; it's twenty twenty one. I mean, there's yeah. technology around to to do that, but at the time, and I discovered that it's really more interesting to take down notes by hand than to write stuff down on, on a keyboard or just type it down on your on your phone. It helps put you in the uh, in the mood for the game, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's one of those ones that really um, rewards you for, well, not just rewards you, but like you have to just explore everywhere and try clicking things. And, you know, you have to, you actually have to go through the guy's bookshelf and start reading these other books that have, clues and in some cases like really necessary instructions to to how to get through things and so uh, to to just cover the well not the entirety of the story but just to cover the basics of the story you discover in this library that there's two books uh apart from all the others one blue one red and there's a page for each book uh beside each book and when you put the page in the corresponding book, you can see this small uh, window to someone, and it's not very clear what, what they want you to do. And they say, basically, you have to get me out of this book, collect the, the necessary pages, uh, be it them red or blue, and help me to get out. Yeah. And you'll have to go through, basically, four worlds, to uh, collect these pages and eventually get down to the end of the game and 
stuff happens we won't yeah, we'll, spoil we'll, the story. yeah we won't spoil it spoil it completely but you're trying to save them from the books by yeah putting all the necessary pages back um i wanted to talk about the the ambience of the game uh because there's not a lot of music there's some music and it's mostly but the mist is mostly sounds and i yes. think it's it's very telling about the 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 impact of the game i mean i remember the I've talked about the, the sound of the ocean at the beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. And I remember this, uh, every time you go from a world to another, there's this rumbling sound, uh, some, some kind of teleportation sound or something like that. And it's stuck in my brain. And it's been, uh, what, 28 years now, 27 maybe on PC. And it's still stuck in my brain. I can still remember exactly what's the sound like. And I think it's like I said, it's very telling about the impact of the uh, ambience of the of the game. Yeah, it, it, it was interesting because um, I was actually talking to my wife about it, and because it's a game that she really enjoys as well, and she really mentioned the sounds and how sort of. Uh, at one point, I was playing it beside her because I, I actually I played this one on my Mac because um, I I just wanted to go in other rooms and just do other things while I was doing it, and and she could remember that 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 whoosh of the ocean and the, the kind of lapping up against the pier. And it's, it's a really like the, the click of the switches and there's, yeah. there's buttons have, have sounds and there's a whole world that really involves using sounds to solve puzzles, which I had to go back into my office and like close the door and really listen. But it's, it's a whole, it, it's a game that really takes advantage of um, and requires you to, to, to really think, with your ears and, and it draws you in that way in that it's, it's not just a world that, that looks interesting, but it sounds interesting. And I think it's one of the, it's maybe a, a bit of a paradox, but if we had, if they, if the developers had all the technology that they needed to do the, the perfect game at the time, I think it wouldn't have sounded sound like this. I mean, there would have been more music. There would have been more stuff, maybe. And I yeah. think that the fact that they're they're limited by, like I said, technology at the time and the size of. I mean, it came on a CD, and we both watched the uh, a video from uh, Ars Technica. They do a bunch of interviews with old PC game developers that the people are still around, of course. And they talk with someone that developed Myst. And the uh, idea of the video was that they had so much stuff that they were unable really to fit it, fit it all on, a, on one disc. And they had to. It was a constraint for, at the time. It, I mean, 1993... CDs were starting to, to, to come around, but there were still games on, on, on diskettes. And you really couldn't ship Mist with 750 diskettes <laughs> to, to copy on the computer. No. Um, and so, yeah, so the, the, this video, really interesting. I'll put the link uh, after the episode on, on Piev. And it talked about how what they had to compress everything down. They had to cut some stuff. Um, and you see in the game exactly what what they cut, basically. I mean, the, first of all, the, the game, you talked about it, is basically um, PowerPoint, the game, and which, I mean, uh, because it's not 
really a 3D world. It's a series of still images. And sometimes you have some moving stuff, but you can see, especially on the 4K screen, like I have, I don't know if you saw it, but you can see the pixels where this video screen appears yeah. on on the image. And you see the, the, the limitations of what they had to work with at the time. It's really interesting. And it's this kind of games where older is better, maybe. Yeah, and so because I mean, one of the problems with it that it, it it can be very frustrating to navigate. Like one of the the, the one um, when you go through the spaceship, it's basically the sound world, and you have to navigate around this island. But it's very difficult to get your bearings. And there's another one where it's a treetop maze, and it's it's you 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 click and you get lost and you get frustrated, and it it's very like. The limit that limitation really makes it difficult to enjoy at points, like very frustrating. Like, okay, screw this, I'm going to the walkthrough. Just tell me, like, left, right, right, left, right, left, yeah. kind of thing. But, and I mean, for the purposes of this, I, I kind of wanted to get through it rather than it was just okay. Like, I've, I've hit a wall. What do I do next? Because I want to see more of this. Yeah. But, but be, those same limitations make it kind of interesting in that it, you have to think about how you do things like there's one part where you need to basically figure out that like oh that thing will float and you you deal with you know pumping water out of one room and into another and then and things kind of work themselves out once you figure out um the ways in which like oh this is still a real world where like things are buoyant it, it just yeah. it happens off screen essentially which is interesting. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, one way to to tell a story that usually you say show, don't tell, but sometimes you, you really just can't show stuff. And it's, and it's the fact that, and I think it's one of the, the ways that Miss distinguish themselves from other adventure games of the, of the era is that, uh, once again, if you go back to King's Quest, for example, you have this whole interface on the screen uh, that you can bring up, you have an inventory, you have an options. I mean, you do have an options menu in Miss, but this, <coughs> sorry. And it's, but it, in other games, it's always, and you see yourself on the screen on, and the other game is really a 2D plane where it's basically one frame and you can exit out of the, of the frame, but it's basically one frame at a time. In Mist, you're there, there's no inventory, um, there's no health bar, there's no points, there's nothing. And you're really there in the world, even if it's, once again, one frame at a time because of the limitations of the era, but you are in the world. And I think that's one of the points where it really, really stuck out, uh, stuck apart from all the other games of the time. Of the time. Um, you talked about mazes and puzzles, and... I want to build on that because yeah, this 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 sound age where you take up a, basically have to take a spaceship there or whatever it is, and when you're done with the sound puzzle, because you basically have to remember five different sounds yeah. from all these points on the island, and then you get into a, a submarine. I think something like a Sub submarine. It's a submarine or some kind of like techno. 
yeah. subway cart thing. <laughs> and, and yeah, and this is where the game nearly lost me because uh, up until that point, I was exploring. I was I was thinking to myself, oh, I won't use a walkthrough because, I mean, I'm 34 years old. I can't I can't handle miss. I mean, it's not the artist. I mean, it's it's not that easy as a uh, of a game, but it's not that hardest game either it's not the the, the witness or what's, what's the there's there was a game from a few years back where it's only puzzles and you only have to draw puzzles on this on the screen and i looked at a trailer and i, w- I was thinking okay after five minutes i would have i've been just rage quit uh, <laughs> but yeah in this so i, I mean basically if, if i was able to do it as a child uh, I should be able to do it as an adult. And then so you get to this point where there's this railway system under underground. And I, I, I was, okay, I was trying to take down some notes to say, okay, you have to, you have basically eight directions where you can go. There's a bunch of places where you cannot go. So obviously you have to choose another, another place. But okay, and so on and so on. And then I went to a point where okay, I have to backtrack, I have to... And every part of this system looks like all of the other parts of the system. And since it's a really, really small screen, because they're limited in this in, with their technology, you have to... I have to read the walkthrough, the walkthrough basically to discover that, oh, you have to listen to the sound yeah. every time you change, uh, change place in this system. And the sounds are different from... a one time to the next and I was thinking okay this is uh, an excellent example of where the developer said okay I know how this should work and in my head it's clear but you did maybe did not take the time to see if it was clear for everyone else yeah well like and, and the walkthrough I read because I used it for this part and I was just like no I don't if, if, if I do this myself, I'm I am going to quit, and I, I'm just I'm never going to want to see this game again. So I used it, <laughs> but the walkthrough that I described it was there were basically three ways to do this maze. There's one where you just you go through it and you just map it out and like you yeah. draw it or whatever, and you just figure out how to get to the end. Or it it told you what because there are there's a sound for each compass direction. So it'll go like bing for north and bong for east, but then for northeast, it's bing bong. And then, oh, yeah. Which is something that I don't know I ever would have figured out unless I mapped the whole thing and just happened to, like, just like a light went off. But even then, I don't think that would happen. And there's no, there's nothing to suggest, at, at least that I saw, um, and I may not have read the book well enough about the space age. Cause I just took pictures of all the diagrams and like, cause there was a lot of extra story that I just, yeah. in the end, like, I'm not sure I care, but maybe I should have, but it was like, yeah, it, that, that part was it. And then, cause you kind of want to go back and you want to go get the other page, but then you realize to exit, you got to do the whole maze again. So it's like, yeah, walk oh. through. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing with the pages. Because I, I already saw many. I mean, we both. I think we both played played already a few years ago. Maybe like you said, you never got off the main island. But I, I know how how it ended. I know how I knew already knew how the game ended. So I already knew what to do and what not to do. And like, once again, I don't want to spoil anything. But 
there's no real incentive to bring the pages back home if you want to call it home, but to bring the pages back on the main island because, I, okay, yeah, you, the, the, the people stuck in the books says, oh, you have to collect all these pages. and uh, But like you said, you cannot go and take both pages at once. Yeah, that's which that's is the a, one part where the game really could have used an inventory. Yeah, yeah because, I mean, it's a bit dumb. If, yeah, and you could fold them and put them in your back pockets. I don't know. It just carry them with you and it's not you have two hands yeah blue. you have two hands <laughs> and there's not it's not like you have 10 weapons to carry and 15 potions and it's just surely the coat has two pockets <laughs> yeah exactly and so yeah and this maze oh god this maze it there's no pattern i mean i i took down i i took i wrote down the the, the, the what you have to do the directions you have to go through, and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten, I think eleven, yeah, something like ten or eleven directions, and it's just too much. It's too many. It's just and it's no like I said, there's no pattern. It's not okay. Yeah, uh, I went north three times. I have to go west three times, and it, oh, it's like oh, you have to switch directions yeah. sometimes, but not always, and it's. There's no, like you said, there's no indication that you have to go this way or that way. There's, it's all the same, all the same stuff every time. So I'd, I'd be very curious to uh, if any listener played this game originally and figured out the, yeah. the sound pattern on their own. I'd be really interested to like how you made that connection. Like, did you have to map it all the way, or was it something that just occurred to you that like, oh, Bing Bong means like this? Yeah. Because you can brute force most of the puzzle. It's just going to be very long. Yeah. But you can you can brute force them. It's just it's boring. It gets boring at at a point. Um, what about the what about the impact of the game? Um, I What's think. El- well, I, I I think the big thing is is so both. Like my wife and I, this is a game we both played, and I think in the nineties, um, like I'm I'm a little younger than she is, and we have very different interests generally towards, especially around that time. She was playing Nintendo and stuff, and I never had a Nintendo, for example. So, but the fact is, we both had played this game and were very aware of it. So I think it it has a very kind of you know cross cultural kind of appeal to if you were aware of video games in in any sort of sense that this is one that that you you knew of yeah i think so too i mean uh my partner we 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 sat down i think it's six years ago now we just started going out together and she asked if we could play mess together and we bought the uh the game on gog tried to play it for about an hour or two and just never picked it up again, not because we were bored, but because we just didn't take the time. Uh, but yeah, I remember at that time in 1993, 94, maybe 95 even, I think it was, like I said, the, the fact that you were really, really into the world instead of seeing the world through, because I remember games at the, the time with, once again, huge help bars with yeah. or buttons or direction and we were we weren't far really that far from the, the era where you had all these listings of action words that you could use 
to try to navigate to lock the world. open drawer like yeah. on and on and on and so going from that to a place where you don't know what to do but there's no there's no arrow printings anywhere there's, there's no time timer going down there's no help bar or it's really, really interesting to, to see that once again, with the limitations of the time, they were able to create this fantastic world where everything seems possible because you don't know what's going to happen next. You yeah. don't know where, when you click on a book. And it's, uh, of course, an excellent metaphor for reading in general. But when you open a book, you never know where you're going to end up. And it's uh, to get as a avid reader. I don't know. I mean, I'm seeing right now the, the the background of the of your office, and it's full of books, and it looks like it's about to fall off. I don't know. No, no, they're just it's everything. Just a mess. Everything's don't worry solid. About it. Uh, everything's sturdy. But but yeah, so it's the, the, this universe where everything seems, like I said, seems possible. Everything seems attainable just by opening up a book. Uh, I think it's and I think it's a really really good usage of uh, full motion video. Well, full motion. It's uh, let's say uh, in, in a tiny screen yeah. on, on your. They, they made very limited use of it, which is why yeah. they did it well because they yeah. didn't. That's that's how it works. Is you don't overuse it. And we won't mention that that game whose title starts with uh, with P. We almost uh, we- made it through a whole episode. <laughs> Look, I was going to compliment you on what a great like metaphor that like it's you open a book and there's all kind the possibilities you don't know where they're taking you and you had to bring up the other thing so I I, I have no compliments <laughs> for you. Oh god. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a really good usage of full motion video. It's try to and it's not there's not a, a too much exposition, maybe not enough even. Uh but still, it's enough to be able to navigate the world and to solve the puzzles and to understand what you have to do. Sometimes it's a bit, you stumble on stuff by chance. Uh, there's a, When you have to go to the space age, uh, you have to power up the spaceship first. And there's this thing where there's this power station where if you go over the limit, you trip a breaker. And you have to understand that there's a place on the island where you have to can re- reset the breaker, and it's uh, one of these things where it's not explained. Yeah, I, I won't. All. I won't mention how much time I spent trying to f- remember that there was two breakers and not just one. That was that was an irritating twenty minutes. <laughs> there's two. There's two. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. There's one right next to it, and there's one like halfway there. It's the one that halfway there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so the fact that sometimes it's not really well explained, and I think it's where the, maybe the, the faults of the game lie. Yeah, uh, but, but at the same time, if it didn't have that stuff, I don't know if the game would be as charming. So it's it's really like it's a very yeah. fine line that they had to walk, and sometimes they did it well. Sometimes it was a little more like, ah. But I I think that limitation is both like it's the thing that really elevates it and also occasionally brings it down. Like there's, there's parts where it doesn't quite work and they need just a little, like just a, just a hint of something somewhere. Yeah. But for most of it, I think that's what gives it kind of like its specialness. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, so would you recommend Mist? Yes. Um, and the one thing I would say is give yourself some time to do it. And like, I, cause I, I, I had a, unfortunately I had a pretty busy couple of weeks and I wasn't really able to, to give this kind of game the full sort of thing. So I had to lean on the walkthrough a bit more than I would have liked, or was a little more willing to, cause I was just like, Oh, this is frustrating, like onwards. But it's one of those things that if, if you really put that time into it, the things you, even the stuff that I didn't try and do with the walkthrough, like very satisfying to, to just like, Oh yeah, this is how it works. And like, Oh, I figured that out. And I think I, so I, I, I would, I would recommend it. Yes. And, and just go into it and go into it with the kind of mindset that, you know, I'm going to try this thing and see how far and how much I can get before I turn to the walkthrough. Cause they're really easy to find it. Like you're going to know they're out there. <laughs> yeah, it's very tempting. Um, and I will also recommend Mist, uh, as you said, it's with the idea in mind that it sometimes is, uh, can be quite frustrating if you don't know where, you, where you're going, what you're doing. Uh, usually there's some indications of what you have to do, yeah. at least some cryptic ones, but you can still understand them. Um, otherwise, I mean, it's well made well thought of it's uh and it, I, i haven't played the other versions of the game i saw some uh endings with the vr version of the game and it just looks just too realistic huh interesting and i think it's it can both be frustrating to have to navigate with the point and click system And I remember, I think it's in Riven, the uh, the sequel, where you can move about a little bit more freely. And as they put up put out more sequels, uh, you were able. I, I haven't played the the the, the uh, Exile, the third one, or the fourth or five, yeah. fifth or sixth one, or how, whatever how many there is. I think there's uh, five, but there might be five. Six. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I imagine that eventually you'll you're able to navigate freely and and complete 3D world but now it's it's 2D it's brutal 3D it's but it's still well done well made the, it, uh, it still the, looks very good and it's got a yeah. it's got a really interesting style to it that you know is you can kind of see it, it's like it's a lot like watching reboot it's that same kind of era of of, yeah. of graphics and textures and stuff but it's It's really, it's, it's pleasant. There's a lot of marble too, which was big at the time, I guess, in terms of texture, because you could make it smooth, but just anyways. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I think one thing I think we should do is we'll come back to ribbon later on. We had talked about beforehand and, and I think that's one that I, I want to give that time to really try and get through because I think from what we both understand it, it is easier to get around in. And so some of those frustrations of the first game just aren't really there or not there in the same, you know. Well, let's hope so, because I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always, a, it's always a challenge when we do these kinds of episodes. I, I mean, it's, a, it's the same thing for modern games. Uh, we're both fans of the Battlefield uh, series And uh, I rec you recently told me that Battlefield One was on sale on, on Steam, and I bought it. And it's it's a beautiful game. I really like the campaign, uh, even if everyone seems to have machine guns for 
a reason, even if it's in the First World War, but still. Um, but yes, I, and I, oh, I told myself, oh, I'm going to play a bit of multiplayer and, and jump right in, and I got killed in five seconds. And it, I remember, the, oh, oh, yeah, that's it's the Battlefield series. I, I'm going to die. I won't be able to kill anyone. I'm going to get sniped from across the map from a dude on a camel or whatever it is. Uh, They're horses, but... Yeah, but still, I mean, just this gif from Battlefield 1 where there's someone riding a horse and there's another person from his, the same team with a flamethrower. And then you have a mobile flamethrower on the horse. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's that kind of game. So it's always... Uh, what I wanted to say was just always this kind of frustrations, uh, not, not always, but I mean, even my one of my favorite games, which is Factorio, I, I remember being so frustrated because I wanted to, to do stuff to build my factory in a way that I wasn't able to do. Was it, I was trying to understand how the system works. Right. And it's always always a pain when you don't really understand how the system works and you have to rely on, on walkthroughs, on let's plays, uh, same stuff for Hearts of Iron Forge. That's one of the best Oof. slash work. I have watched of all. hours of videos. Okay. Like how do I do this? Yeah. And I mean, I, I have more than 215 hours in this game. And I, I'm not going to say how many hours I have, but it's yes, it but might I have crossed still, into triple digits anyway. That's not, important. yeah, I, I still think I am a mediocre player at best. So this it's anyway. Uh, so yeah, if you want to give it a go to mist, it's usually under $10. We'll put a link if you want to buy it on the, uh, yeah, it, it works really well. I played it on Mac. Um, it also works really well on PC. Like it's, ports of this era turn out to work really well a lot of yeah. the time and and this one works great uh, uh, just I, remember to save your game yeah. i screwed something <laughs> exactly. up exactly but. but yeah i, I used the um, the gog version and the, the maybe the only problem i had was it was so not zoomed in but it's still, it, since it was on a 4k screen right the uh, language written in books you have to read in the library was uh, a bit blurry. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, so... I, I played at 1080p or whatever and didn't oh. have those issues. So okay, I maybe probably just, just me... a... Yeah. I'm trying to be too fancy here. Yeah, uh, your, your monitor is just too good. Tone it down. Yeah, uh, it's uh, too, too, too hot for the class. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, thank you, Robert, for being with me for this 10th episode of the show. Uh, thank you to everyone, of course, who is listening right now. Don't forget to subscribe. We now have a Facebook page. So if you want to check us out on Facebook, because we are in with the times, uh, we do now have a Facebook page. And we also on Twitter. So if you do a search, I think it's uh, SVG underscore podcast on Twitter. No underscore SVGA podcast. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. But yeah, so SVG podcast I... on Twitter. SVG podcast also on Facebook. So as I said, I think last time, every Tuesday we have a mini review of a game of uh, not necessarily from the 90s or early 2000s but still a mini review and every Thursday we have our sales thread so everything all the games that we think are interesting right now and are available for a few books right now so you can yeah some um, of them aren't sales some of them are just like that seems like a decent price for the game but yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, thank you again Robert and always a pleasure yeah until next time that was fun
Bye-bye. <laughs>